I'll tell you about it when we're chatting. A lot, a lot. Well, yeah. Can you guys hear me okay? Is everything good? Yeah. Yeah. Good, because I put a new microphone on my computer, and this is my first time using it, so. Can you hear us okay? Yeah, you're fine. That's the easy part, is I've got this really killer speaker system and all that stuff in my laptop. I just, yeah. I've had to update my system to be better for on the road, and it's not very, it's not liking it, because I have three hard drives on my computer that argue with each other, so. Oh, great fun. Love that. Yeah. Technology's fucking fantastic until you. Oh, it's great when it works, right? Yeah, it's until you need it, and then it then it never works. That's just how that is. So, <sighs> so just to make this you know nice and fun, I don't know what episode number this is going to be because I can't remember what episode I'm on. But this is for the Closet of Nonsense podcast, which is basically a podcast about nothing, much like Senfeld was about nothing. So, <laughs> good. Just, well, uh, we are great at talking about nothing. Yeah. So we do. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves? Because, I mean, obviously, I know who you are, but it's a whole lot easier if you just say what you want to say rather than me going to some long, hey, I know all this stuff about you guys. All right. Hey, I am Fallon, uh, everywhere as Fallon Vendetta, because Google liked to tie that name together. So that's what we're going to stick with. Yep. And I'm Sophie. I'm on Instagram as Crow Up and Die. And everywhere else is Sophia Marie. I love the curl up and die thing, by the way. That's thank that's you. Really <laughs> <to take that. laughs> and it's D Y E, like hair dye. Hair dye. Yeah, yeah it's, it's the, the play on words. That's the fun stuff. <laughs> so, um, and you guys are are you still on set, or is this the studio, or? Yeah. So this we're actually where where everything kind of all started because we were going to start doing our own podcast or like web series called haunted attraction um but we did like a little teaser and then i got busy and sophie got busy and we didn't really have time to follow through with it but we made a movie about it yeah we kind (laughs) of just i had an idea on christmas that's the natural progression (laughs) i had an idea on christmas day because so my partner that i do like all of these like horny campy vhs movies with newt he had a script that I was kind of like, eh. I love everything Newt does, but this one I was a little, eh. And he's got some serious, <laughs> poor Newt has some serious ex-girlfriend PTSD. Oh my God. And um, she was kind of tied into that project. So I think he was like, eh, eh. And he had an opportunity to sell the script. So I was like, do it. You need to do it. He's like, I get it. You hate it. I was like, no, but if you have the opportunity, so he sold that script and he ended up knocking out like three other scripts for these people, which is amazing. Um, but it left us with downtime. And on Christmas Day, I was supposed to go see my grandmother and I was exhausted. But for some reason, I had this little like, this little like dull spark. Then I was like, wait a second. I was like, nude, I got to call you back. So I wrote this whole outline and he was like, well, this is great. Like, but when did you, when did you write this? Like, this is when you started doing the you know, the stuff for Haunted Attraction with Sophie. And I was like, no, I just wrote this. It was a movie, you just wrote this. It wasn't even, it was 30 minutes. I called him back. And um, he was like, yeah, Fallon. He was like, I I love that. And he was like, a lot of this is doable, but there are certain things that you have in here. Like there was a, like a vampire ball scene and this convention. And he was like, I don't know how, like, when are you trying to film this? Like, and I was like, well, we're going to have downtime before we start these other projects in like May and June. So we're going to, we're shooting now. He was like, now we're like, this is insane. 
I was like, I know, that's why it works. We had so, a script in a week. Yeah, it was like diabetes, and I had within 24 hours all of these things that he told me I was totally crazy on. I already like secured all the locations, and I was like, I'm a step ahead of you, Newt. Like, we're good, we're good. I checked in with all of these people, so it came together really, really fast. And poor Sophie, like, I didn't even give her a choice really. I was like, Hey, we're making a movie. I got goat roped into this. <laughs> I, I got totally voluntold, but it's good though. I love it. I needed the. Well, I, I said this on the live the other night that you guys are on real quick. Like when you get roped into something by Fallon, run with it because it usually works. It's just fun. We just yeah. have it's it's a great project because we have so much freedom to do what we want to do, and we're not like put into a box. Like yes, there's a script, but we still get right. to have fun with it. And, and this is your, never, your first time doing this, right? Yeah. yeah so. She's, she's done like, you know, like some haunt acting and stuff. And she's like great with like I'm doing crimes. And, but I am like makeup department, hair department, not actress. But now she gets to be a scream queen. It's fun. And, and still get to do. How, how much of the behind the scenes are you doing though too? Oh my God. Uh, a lot of it. It's yeah. Hair style or anything. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> my own hair, my own makeup. Like. Oh, we're like every department. We're DIY. The, the look of. That both of you just had of just complete like nom flashbacks that you both just had. You want to talk about nom flashbacks? It's it, we could you be know, here all day. It's bad. In, in comparison to other projects that we've done, like we'll we'll leave the names out, but Sophie and yeah. I did um, another horror project that was far more traumatic. This is funny because at least when things go wrong and they go wrong, that's why "Sucks to Suck" is a perfect title because it. Yeah, it's just gonna go wrong. It it goes wrong hard with just us. Don't film um, a horror movie in the middle of January. <laughs> it's just not. Yeah, not, we, I mean we're doing it now, but you know. Yeah, but that that was like we had some real traumatic experiences. This I feel like because we are in control of it, like we don't have to answer to anybody. Like yeah. everyone's in good spirits. Everybody's doing it because they genuinely want to do it, and we didn't think that it was gonna kind of take off as much as it did either. Like it was literally gonna be like. Yeah. Okay, if it wasn't a film, we would split it up and do it for maybe like a web series kind of thing. But it ended up just skyrocketing. And, and the people that came forward that wanted to be a part, it was like really refreshing and surprising and really super nice. Here we are. <laughs> well, anyway, I mean, we've had a lot of late night conversations where I've gotten to be part of the progression of like, oh, now we're adding this. And oh, now we have to change the location because fuck those guys for stealing this and oh this didn't work so we're reshooting this but that means we get to add this that's the beauty of production and being getting to do that yourselves oh and of course is there anything that you guys have come up against that you're just like damn it i wish we'd done this and then you're just like that, that you haven't been happy because every time we talk you're happy you're like oh my god there's this new thing and it worked out really well because has there been anything you're just like fuck i don't know what to do well, I mean, there were some things that we shot um, kind of on a whim that like yeah. Newt couldn't be there too. And don't get me wrong, like they weren't bad, but I was like, you know, we do have the opportunity to do this better. So we're going to go back and do this better. So yeah. like there's one sequence that we're reshooting on the 21st um, because it needed to have more of a horror feel. It needed to have a, a better bigger, location. The, yeah. the location was really the reason. Uh, yeah, it just wasn't, it just wasn't great. And I don't think it was, it wasn't lit the way we needed it to be lit either. Um, and obviously like, yeah, you, you know, there are certain things that I had to go back and we're like, it's funny because we're filming this in blocks. So our last big sequence is um, in April with it, which is like all of the, the kills and the crazy stuff. Um, 
but that was originally supposed to be written around another location. And this location out of nowhere, it was like Amazon came and scooped it up. So the whole studio, the stage, everything that was there had to be torn down. So in between like trying to work on this, like Newt's trying to move that studio. It's in so like a huge, huge space now. Um, there was a movie, I think it was, might've been Jack Black. I could be wrong on that, but he was like the Polka King of Pennsylvania. It was like really silly movie. So that's actually the new property of the new Schlock and All Studios is where that ballroom was, which is pretty cool, but it's, it's massive. So after this, as soon as this wraps, we're running right into like a sci-fi film and then we have like a slasher. So it's like back to back to back project. Well, I mean, it's better to be busy because so many people in film right now. But I, we ended up going back to a location that we had shot up previously. And I'm like, I don't know why I didn't even think of this because I have a sugar daddy. And it just ties everything together so much more. It's like, it makes so much more sense. Yeah. And like, um, it's absolutely perfect. It's this place called Nitro, which I, I met them like on a fluke because they they actually have a mural of me painted on the wall that I modeled for and I hadn't seen it in years and I started doing bike nights there and I was like oh my god if we could film here this would be great for like the restaurant scenes um the owner there is fabulous the staff's fabulous talk about PTSD with the restaurant oh man I've seen this restaurant I had to put warm Caesar salad that had been sitting out for four and a half hours in my mouth like 85 times it was poor girl that's terrible I like walked off and threw up it was so it was just it was rough. If you we, can imagine putting a Caesar salad under a heat lamp, that's like what happened. That was that was shooting that day. But, you know, we ended up back there with a great location that's Sacrifices. perfect for everything. So, which I don't know why I thought salad was a good idea today. We ended up poisoned again. Okay, twice. Just, twice oh, yeah. we've been poisoned. This is our, so when we shot these scenes at this vampire ball that everybody thought I was nuts for, I was a little nuts for it. But, um, there was nowhere to eat. It was like the middle of Pennsylvania. Like and we were exhausted, like exhausted. We did a full day of like shooting at the convention and like trying to do all that. And then we had to shoot these hotel scenes. And then we had to get up at like the crack of dawn and do this convention again. And like this vampire ball, thing, all of this stuff. There was nowhere to go. Like absolutely nowhere to go. We like in the middle of nowhere. So we went to Burger King and like we ordered Lisa. Lisa, good old Lisa. <laughs> having a great time with Lisa. Lisa, if you watch this, everything I'm in for your left shoes. She, <laughs> we thought this lady was so cool. We had to record it because it was hilarious. Just this banter back and she forth got us. with everyone. She got us good. Oh, we didn't, we, we had got it her way. Real bad. We got a discount and dysentery. Like, <laughs> I don't know how we even function it was so bad I, was like, I'm thankful that so Von Payne Whiskey sponsored us and they're part of the film and like we drank some of it that night and I think literally that's think the that only thing out, honestly that's what I'm saying I think the alcohol in that is the only thing that helped us survive because the Netflix <laughs> is so brutal and we're not the only antiseptic available <laughs> so, bad. so bad it was like I've never had stomach cramps like that in my life and I had to totally play it off like I think Newton and I probably got it the worst. Yeah, you guys got it there. And then today I got it the worst. It was just like. Yeah, and then today, so we figured we, before filming, we were going to have ourselves a lovely little craft service. And we stopped at this restaurant and these people were deplorable, awful people. And then they served us a bad salad and we ended up sick again. So yeah. we're just not. You would think salad's safe. So. You would think. We try to be healthy and this is what happened. So we need to just yeah. get like you know, six or something because. <laughs> Well, and I know, Felon, you don't eat fast food very often. So when you told me the Burger King thing, I was like, are you sure it's not just the UA fast food? Like, no, we all got sick. I was like, oh, 
okay yeah then it was so bad (sighs) i mean i i have horror stories and and things like that and of course you said the warm season there's nothing i won't eat on basically if you put money out there i'll eat it as a dare like that's just how i am so i've had stuff that i knew was going to make me sick but as soon as you said warm Caesar salad, like I felt my ears get warm because I know exactly what you're talking about. It's traumatic. <laughs> I felt it bad watching her tra- go through these just like, cakes. Like... Now, like even thinking about it, my stomach turns and like, my belly button hurts. I'm just like, yeah. 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 <laughs> but other than that, I mean, we haven't had anything super, super crazy that's no. happened on here. Like our luck is just our luck. One you day- should probably knock on something wooden right now. Cause you just put. <laughs> so this is this this was kind of this stuff. So you know, like when you first start filming a project, people are like, "Oh, break a leg or whatever." Well, I was just like, "Yeah, yeah, don't say that because I will." And the day that we started filming oh on God. this, I ate a lovely, a turkey and bacon sandwich. That's it. And somehow, like, I bit into this sandwich and I was like, "Oh God, what is in my sandwich? What was it? That was hard." No, I totally I broke a tooth. Like I completely broke a tooth on the first day and then I had to continue like filming like that. And then there's another scene that I was like, you know, it'll be really crazy since we're trying to blur the lines here. Like I actually go and get my face like injected on this film. So like all of the blood in that is real. (laughs) Why not? I would. So I was like, no, like we don't need to numb me. We don't, it's fine. So I'm like, you know, bleeding profusely. And the one camera, I thought everything was secure. I totally smashed a lens. I that was great okay, for our production the lenses budget. and the lens caps in this thing. Canon has like let us dry because we keep needing to find new. Things. I when we get to all the scenes with the red with the komodo, without I am not touching any of those cameras. No. I refuse. I'm like, listen, I'm not. I'm not the cinematographer. I'm not the DB. Like That's I'm too expensive. I'm, I'm good. I'm cut off. <laughs> I'm cutting myself off yeah that's a good plan that that's a good plan as somebody who's you know broken lenses snowboarding and things like that and uh, yeah Yeah, and then that seems more valid than oh hey uh, I didn't secure it properly to the tripod while I was getting my face injected yeah now that you say it out loud (laughs) that's kind of yeah that's a fucking t-shirt right there um (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of that's that's pretty unique. You should probably tell Canon that they'll probably do that as a like a, a they'll throw that out there as one of the things they can do. I was like, oh, it's it's not bad. It's not, and it was a little lopsided. I picked it up, and when I heard the jingle, I was like, oh, that's that is that, bad. That's real bad. That's bad, yeah. bad. We had other scenes that like we needed to shoot with that specific camera like the next day. Yeah, so I had to like overnight <laughs> lenses and all this craziness, and and that was right when you were getting ready to leave for the Vampire Ball, wasn't it? Yeah, it was right mm-hmm. before that. And the way that oh, we're yeah. shooting this project, it's it's a mixed media format and it basically progresses from like Blair Witch style to big, big cinema style. Um, but in the beginning, like we're purposely shooting on certain things to get certain feels. And I'm like, are you kidding? That's that like, really leave it to me. Uh cords also. I've realized chargers. I am not. I don't know what happened. I've never had this this problem now, and I'm like, I'm the trip hazard. I am the problem. You could put like an obstacle course of cinder blocks. She'll get through it in heels. You put like one cord 50 feet away from her. She's going to walk towards the cord and trip over it. I mean. I don't know. I, I did witness you <laughs> trip on air once after weaving through a crowd. So I believe it. We're not going to talk about it. 
that's fine. You can talk about it. it. You know, it's, I've just, I'm embracing it as much as I can. I feel like I am exerting all of my brain cells into being creative on this, that if I had any common sense left, it's gone. That's fair. F- film in general, people don't understand what it takes, especially doing, well, I mean, you, you know, you've been on big budget films versus independent film. And people think that independent film is a bunch of people with camcorders running around following each other and filming. That's what, that's what the layman believes it is. They don't realize how much goes into it. It's exactly the same as major production with like one-tenth of the people. Yeah. And they don't know that. The average person doesn't know that. So when you talk about like, I love, I mean, like you say, like you have no common sense. I remember the very last film I did that when I got done with the last day of production, I did inventory and realized that I could actually map out where entire boxes of cables, cords, lights were on a map. And we spent a week driving from town to town to seeing if we could salvage what I personally had left in different towns all over the Western United States. We've been really careful. One of our first big days of filming, we got back and like the battery packs for the computers. I'm like, there's no, I'm like, there's no, their lenses aren't covered. Are you kidding me? How do we not have lenses covered? Like this is like serious stuff. So that one wasn't our fault, but um so then we were like all right we're gonna just dummy check everything just to make sure and for the most part now we've been pretty good we have not we have not forgotten anything anywhere and we know that if we had a chance to get back down there we could pick that stuff up but yeah it's a lot because you're you don't have all of those department heads you don't have all of that crew and this this is a lot for us too because a lot of the scenes are especially in the beginning of the film like there were things that you know were just solo scenes of me or whatever that they that's not too crazy that's pretty simple but it's again really high energy the stuff with she and I I feel like it's almost harder because it's like we're constantly we have to like kind of make up and hair ourselves yeah we're trying to do all of these other departments and it's like go 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 and we want to make sure that we get everything so again we don't have to go back and do it it's just like it's it's a challenge. It really yeah. is a challenge, but I think it's all panning out really well. And um, we did end up self-shooting some stuff the other night. So what's been kind of cool about this too is that we have like podcast scenes. Um, so we're able to do a lot, kind of like what we're doing now, yeah. where we capture, you know, these people that are farther away, we do it on Zoom and we will have camera setups too for our reactions and whatnot. And we just run through a couple of times. Um, but we had to solo shoot an entire segment with this guy, Aaron Dallavilla. And he's, he's so funny. Oh he's hilarious. God. He's by far like the wildest of all like the podcast scenes that we do. So <laughs> trying to keep up with him, he's like full raccoon in the garage. And I was like, you know what? We don't need continuity for this. Like let's, we'll hit our key points, but we can just do like whatever, whatever's fun, whatever you want to do. And he's like, should I go crazier? And we were like, yeah. Like raccoon in the garage is the raccoon found the stash you had in the garage. He's like, <laughs> I was like, cocaine bear has entered the chat. It was a lot. So funny though. It was, it was great. so he wild and it was so head. fun. And we still, we were able to shoot this entire scene in like, in comparison in a relatively short period of time. But it was a lot because I'm like, all right, Sophie, you stay here. I got to move the lights. I got to do this. Like, I got to, like, we're trying to do all of this stuff. And it seems simple, even though you're just kind of doing a podcast thing. But it was like, 
you need full coverage of everyone. Yeah. You need their close-ups. You need your wides. You need your weird alternate angles. So it's a lot. But after that, I was like, I just need to go to bed. And then, of course, I don't go to bed. I end up doing something stupid, like calling you late at night because somebody sends me a weird, a weird message. Or oh my god, True. I didn't even let you hear that one yet. <laughs> you need to that one. That, one, I that, that should be sure. I had to. Magical. I got this this crazy this crazy voice memo to my Instagram and I was laughing so loud. I was like, I need to leave the room. And I was like, I got to call Eric because if anybody will appreciate it, it's Eric. I was in tears. I was in tears laughing at that one. It was like, it had to be what? Three o'clock in the morning, your time. Yeah. After filming all day, but no, 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 no. And then we talked for like an hour and a half. So yeah, I'm a bad influence on that one since I stay up all night anyway, but yeah, that was that still I seriously I I want to cut that up and make like just the 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 ending. Can I can I say what the last thing is? Yeah. Cuz she's like my bitch. And the way she said it, I want to turn that into a song. <laughs> it's like I it always replays in my head and we actually like it came up today in our fire scene, but that that thing where that lady was like, "Lord Jesus, it's a fire. It smells like some of those barbecues." And they remixed it. You remember yeah. those? Like that's Are what this reminds me of. Shoes on. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. There are those things, and that that voice message is one that should be shared with the world because it's fucking magical. I just, I, there are things in that that are basic phrases that will never mean the same thing again because of how she said them. And I'm just, it's so good. Anyway, um, now Sophie, with you, like I, I, I know, cause I, I mean, I've done film and I've done things for a long time and I started out as a behind the scenes and then I was uh, in front of the camera and then I went back to being behind the scenes and then I went back to in front of the camera and then now, then I was doing both. And I've produced, I've directed, I've done special effects, I've done all that stuff. The same as kind of you've been thrust into. And I know that, I mean, obviously I've known Fallon a long time and I've followed her career basically since the beginning, kind of accidentally. But with you, do you feel like you have a greater grasp on what's going on technically to bring to in front of the camera because you have such an experience behind it? I think so, yeah. I think it makes it easier. I think it would have been harder for me if I started out acting and then tried to do the behind the scenes stuff. I wouldn't understand so much of what goes into film if I didn't start behind the scenes. Yeah, it definitely definitely helps. I mean, either way, it's it's, it's like still like, like you you still get nervous and you still get like shaken up a little bit. But I think it also like it's something I've been wanting to do, and this one's good at pulling me out of my shell because I'm like that hermit crab that's like, nope. Well, I mean, she's told me she's really, really excited to see where you're where you're going with this. Just because, and getting a compliment is not the easiest thing from from that one. So I will say that. So the fact that she believes in you is complimentary. You're very positive. You're very positive. You're also like, but you can do better. (laughs) I do. I like to push people because I like to genuinely see the people around me succeed, and I feel like. I don't know. That's kind of a blessing and a curse, you know, because oh, yeah. you you help people out maybe that you shouldn't or, or they write coattails or like encouraging each other. And we we're very much we want everybody to win. Like we yeah. want to lift everybody up. We don't want to see somebody fail. We don't want to see somebody do bad. So 
constructive criticism can come across harsh sometimes, but necessary somebody for so long it's you can say things without hurting someone's feelings and it's just you have to do what you have to do oh we totally put each other like from a friendship standpoint we'll put each other in our place flat out like even if we we don't take our own advice like we'll we'll flat out say hey nope this isn't it or this person isn't a good influence or what whatever like i feel like we genuinely genuinely always have each other's best interests at heart we're not each other's yes girls too so we can be like "Mm, i don't think that's it like no that's a i mean that's a really good thing because i mean the the beauty of this this film just everything you've told me not only am i excited because it's comedy because it's horror because it's got so many elements of of other genres in it and kind of you're really pushing the envelope in like a dozen different directions the key element is that it's strong female characters that are breaking the paradigm that is so common particularly in comedy and horror genres Oh, for sure. No final girls like us, especially me. Like, it's always a girl next door or not bright haired, tattooed, curvier. Like, it's there's a lot of molds that we're looking to break because it's kind of need to be. They need (laughs) right. And if you, I mean, if you go to horror conventions, if you go to tattoo conventions, the people that are coming there, like, they don't, they don't look like girl next door like mousy kind you know what I mean and there's nothing wrong with that that's just that's kind of all that's been brought to the table and I think it's important especially when you look at the fan base and you look who's there like everybody wants to feel included to some point yeah. and, and even producers coming on at the beginning you know like there were a couple of people that wanted to jump on that it was like you know big name this whatever blah 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 and they want to throw all of this money at the project and I'm, I was like that's the exact reason why I wrote this because I didn't want that I wanted the exact opposite and you know I had one company come in that um right from the gate they were trying to offer me an insane amount of money and they wanted me to pull Sophie and I I said flat out like I'm not I'm not going to pull Sophie like what what am I going to do replace replace her with like you you know what I mean like it didn't it didn't make sense this is not why I wrote this I wrote this because you need to shake that up you need to have that chemistry and our our chemistry and even on film like we kind of did this a little a little stepbrother style like yeah. we have key <laughs> points but we I mean at least we think we're funny but we feed off of each other really well and if what am I going to do yank somebody yank someone out of a project that I wrote specifically for her to throw someone else in to like have to fake chemistry with them I'm not doing that like the whole point was that aside from this becoming a bigger thing that wasn't the goal. It was literally to make a fun project with the people that I actually wanted to make a project with, the other people that were passionate about it, where there's good energy, where it wasn't about money. It wasn't about like doing all this big, crazy stuff. It was doing something fun, utilizing the resources that we had. And we just happened to have a lot of really amazing resources, but the people that have come in, I mean, you, you've helped you know, even with like bouncing ideas or like helping me get things together. And like Eric's been great for, uh, he did the banner for us, even for the convention, you know, like it's, it's a good group of people. And I didn't want anybody from the outside of that little bubble to even be involved like that. You know, I want it to be something we or can to try and share with everyone. Our story to begin right. with too, like, so. I want it to be something that feels 
organic to the people from the outside who see it and then become involved. I don't want somebody to jump in on the project because they're like, oh, well, I know that I can do this and I can make this money off of it. And yeah. you know, how many people even at this point want to come in and they want to buy and well, we've already done like all of the work and they've yeah. seen the that it's gained. So I'm tired of building things for other people. I want to work within my, my core group and like use that as an inspiration for other people to succeed and to show other people like, Hey, like you can do, you can do a project. You can do whatever you set your mind to just surround yourself with the right people. And that's kind of really what it comes down to. And I think in horror too, I mean, even in people that we know and, you know, Catherine Corcoran, who's, who's in this project with us, like hearing stories from her and things that she went through even when she was younger on set, there's still so much manipulation of of people in general, but still predominantly female, like, you know, of, of things being released without their consent, of things that are supposed to be, you know, behind closed people sets. being on set that shouldn't be and on then, set. And then, and then magically it's in, it's in the director's cut or it's in the behind yeah. the or that's shitty. I like, I refuse to have any of that. I refuse to put forth a project where anybody feels less than, less than deserving and appreciated where anybody feels like they're, you know, being manipulated or overworked or like we, even our shooting schedule, we only shoot for a couple hours and we're, we're done. If we're, if we're tapping out, even if it's something that like, if we're getting close to the end, cool. But like today we were supposed to do an entire other scene we pushed because we have that flexibility you know, it's, and getting poison had a lot to do. Yeah, you know, they're not feeling good, and and they're trying to to give a hundred percent. It's just harder. It's hard as shit. And when you're on a production schedule that somebody else sets on you, that that makes it even harder. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, so. it's like the bigger films. How many hours? I mean, you've done it too. And and even from behind the scenes standpoint, there have been days where sixteen eighteen hour days in the freezing cold, like it's a lot. It's or the yeah. heat. And it's all, and it's almost like ungrateful. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like you're just expected to do these things, and like you work yourself like crazy. You end up getting sick. You're exhausted. They act like they own you. Like you have to be here. And it takes away the love of the art. I feel like, and I, I refuse to do that anymore. Not saying that there are not hard long days. I mean, look, we end up working longer hours probably. You probably do, in all honesty, because you go home and take it with you, and then you think, and you do scheduling, and you do write-downs, and you do, I mean, I trust me. We're still working those, but we can live our lives, too, and we can still do other things where we don't feel like we're just stuck in We don't have an overlord. (laughs) No, it's like the best thing, not having an overlord. That's that's actually a really good way to put it. People think that that running a record label, running a clothing line, they're like, oh, your job must be great. It must be so much fun, and you're your own boss. It's not sexy. It's not fun. It's 90% yelling at people to do their fucking jobs that they haven't done on some other company or me doing it for them or spreadsheets. That's what most of my life is. So I, I totally get that. But then those moments where you actually are doing what it is you want to do, it matters more. It, does. it, it means more to you because you're actually doing it yourself. Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with everything that we've done. And, you know, like, I'm sure... It's funny because I joke around about it and I'm like, listen, if it sucks, I warned you in the title, it's called <laughs> Suck. So you already signed up for this. The very, the very worst case scenario in my mind is that we we put it together, we release the film, we go to the theater, we sit and we laugh. Am I gonna analyze every single little thing? Oh, I'm gonna hate seeing myself on film so no. much. I know, but, <laughs> but in the same right. I think we go and we just have a good time. Yeah. We go and we laugh and we're like, okay, you know, if 
if you had done things like under these time constraints or with a different budget or there's endless possibilities sure but even for an indie film our entire final scenes are on real engine and like you know like we have these crazy resources yeah. to things that again most people don't I do I do I think we're going to be like nominated for academy awards no I mean first off because it's hard anyway but we can go and laugh and have a good time with our friends and people will enjoy it for what it is you know yeah. like I don't I'm it's not, not super serious and you don't have to agree when I say that it's just like when you record yourself and you hear your own voice and you're like oh that's what I sound oh like. I sound like oh. that I sound like French but, <laughs> <laughs> but no it's it'll be nice to just do something fun and, and bring joy to people and it's I the way that I joke about this too is because we are finally able to have our own production company and to do all of these projects and work with the people that we want to work with and we feel good around um I, I was saying it's almost like a used car commercial for everything else that we're going to mm -hmm. be doing, you know, like this stepping stone for us. And it definitely is a lot, no matter how much you, you learn, you never stop learning. So it's, it's a big learning curve. And, um, but like in the best, in the best way possible, it's like our little epiphany moments. We're like, oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. We did that. Wow. Wait, that looks That's good. Incredible. Like we actually did that. The people that I've worked with in film that I had the good experience with where it was either us in control or we were got lucky on a good production career or something like that. I'm still friends with some of those people in, in closer ways and, and more meaningful ways than I am with people that I see every day. There are some of those people that will hit me up after 10 years. It's like, hey, this came up in some bullshit memory on Facebook and I was thinking about this and do you remember and we can talk for hours as if we just hung out yesterday because of the experience that we had and those those to me that's what that's why I miss doing film and that's why I miss touring and music is not the performances and not the the final product I could give a fuck less about that stuff it's the connections with the people that I made while we were doing that yeah trauma bonding for sure <laughs> that's bonding. exactly it it's, it's, <laughs> it's being in the trenches with somebody when people talk about people in the military they get it because they they went through something together i'm like i fucking relate because that's sure. what it is oh we've yeah. been we have deep deep some up in the trenches. <laughs> <laughs> no and and you do well both of you now are going through a whole new experience of it is seeing it through each other's eyes a little bit more even because you're literally capturing each other yeah. that that in itself is a huge that's a huge that's like therapy level i have to be vulnerable shit with friends i can say too is i am so in awe and proud of her because she just took the bus drove it through a fire and was just like we're fucking doing it beep, beep. going <laughs> like she's not taking no for an answer she just gets things done and done well and that's mm -hmm. a really great thing to learn from somebody but it's also just being kind and getting your point across at the same time. Yeah, people don't, I feel like a lot of people don't no. know how to do that. They think that they have to do this big muscle flex or you have to talk down to people or make people no. feel like garbage to get what you want. And it's not, you don't need to do that at all. Like we weren't even calling our extras extras, what were we calling them? We won't call, yeah, we weren't calling them background. We would say patrons or yeah. I don't want anybody to feel like at any part of this and project a hierarchy that's the and, and a lot in film and in anything too and i mean yeah. tattooed coming, guy number three i've i've, I've yeah. been tattooed guy number three. <laughs> yeah like <laughs> coming from the background too there's always a hierarchy of people 
Yeah. And even when I was assistant manager or doing, I, I would never look at an assistant and say, go scrub a toilet. I would say, hey, can you help me come do this? And that's the kind of person that she is too. And it's really refreshing to work with somebody like that, that isn't like, oh, go be my errand boy or go do this. It's like, we're all trying to get things done here. So right. just, we got to do what we have to do. It's going to suck for a little bit, but it sucks to suck. So just suck it right. up. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we do. And I think even, even the sucky moments like have not been that sucky other than. It's when we get to last bottom. Personally, like going through again, the vampire ball, when we were so sick and we're like dying oh in between God. takes. And then as soon as everything's back on, we're like, okay. Let's go. This is great. <laughs> Wild. Yeah. Everybody's so supportive. Or like we had a couple moments where my friend Amanda came to help too, and poor Amanda got roped in. She ended up Amanda like Amanda got this, real roped. Like I thought I got roped. That's Amanda got like, roped. <laughs> she 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 fell and volunteered too. Yeah. So, but um, but you know, like we were kind of like, oh, we were kind of grumpy because then like we weren't feeling that good. But then all of us were like, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. We all had a breakdown moment at the same time in the car on the way to the hotel. And it was just, it was definitely a bonding experience. So, but we just, I just, I just had a flash to that episode of friends where Rachel and Monica can't get up, finish the sentence and they just end up crying at each other in the coffee shop. That's what I just imagined in my head. It's definitely, she's definitely Monica and I'm definitely Phoebe. Like, I'm like, <laughs> rocking in the garden. She's like, no, you have to do this. And I'm like, It works okay. though. It works. I mean, well, and of course, I mean, Fallon and I have the horror stories. I mean, you just described something like, Fallon has every right never to speak to me again for some of the things that we've been through together. And yet here we are years later, still working together and doing stuff. It's just how, sometimes that's what you got to do. And and you apologize and you and you work things out you talk things out like an adult it's a very big it's difference. amazing yeah it makes a huge difference and it makes a bond stronger honestly yeah yeah well and that's that's just it is that you and in the entertainment industry is it's a snake pit let's be honest it fucking it's sucks so 100%. it's so bad you know again, and that goes for why this was written like it's Again, why I don't do this like, no. behind the scenes. Cause but I, it, it is kind of like people, are, I think a lot of people are confused and I've kind of left it that way on purpose because then people are like, well, what is this really all about? But it is really kind of a, a visual metaphor, I guess, for how, you know, how there are real life vampires, how, you know, people like suck so much in their in their own right and how much they're willing to take from other people to get to where they need to be and it's like it's it's kind of shitty like it's really kind of shitty when i mean what it may take you a little bit longer by going the nice route but you're still gonna get there and it sucks when you have to look back at something and be like wow was this person involved with me because they were my friend and they actually cared about me or were they involved with me because they wanted something out of and it could be that that goes for not just the film industry, it could go it could go for anything. I have people that don't talk to me until they want their hair done. Oh, or, God. or they want so or I'm getting married. How much do you charge for like makeup? And I'll quote them my actual quote and they'll be like, Oh, well, it'll be really good practice for you. And I'm like, mm, I have 10 years in this business, I'm not practicing anymore. <laughs> like it's just there's always gonna be somebody around you, even just just they don't even know that they're doing it. They just want to sit next to you and suck your energy and they don't even know that they're doing it. I had that, I had that happen yesterday. 
literally yesterday I had somebody hit me up who wants, she wants new headshots and all this stuff. And I've worked with her once or twice before. And she's a good friend. And then she said, what's your availability and wanted me to, to cancel. I, I'm, I'm headed to Denver in a couple of days. She wanted me to cancel that for her. No, that's not. Like, that's uh, not uh, <laughs> I was no? like, for one, you haven't even discussed payment. And I know you're going to try and talk me down on that. And you want me to cancel a, a trip? What? And she was shocked when I said no. I thought we were better friends than this. I haven't spoken to you in a year, and yet, no. You have to put your foot down sometimes because people really do think that their time and their situation is the only thing that's important. Yeah, they can put someone else's shoes on for five minutes and see how they might be feeling about the situation. No, and I and even over this past year, the 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 hardest lesson that I've learned and what I finally came into is the fact that flat out, if somebody wants to, they will. Oh my God. If somebody Say it wants louder to, people in the back. Anybody else, <laughs> if somebody wants to, they will. And that's just the bottom line. You can't, you can't like coerce somebody. You can't no. motivate them. You can't it, flat out. If they genuinely, truly want to, they will. And if you have to kind of push and pull, you don't want that. No. If it's if it's not something that's just gonna to come out the way that it's gonna come out, then there's either a motive or they're just not feeling it and they don't know how to communicate that or they're not seeing their gain. And I think a lot of times too, people are so in the like, what am I gaining from this? What am I gaining from this? Like right. they're very selfish. Um, or, you know, this this whole mentality has been so refreshing and so rewarding, and also accepting that. Oh, you know, but they're a good person. Not everybody's a good person. Not everybody has to be a good person. You know what? That's fine. Go be shitty elsewhere. You don't need to waste your energy on that. No. Like, you don't need to suck my life force. And doesn't need to do the whole thing either. You can just no. say, hey, I love you and I wish you well, but I love you and I wish you well from way over there. But like, right. you go over there, I'm going to stay over here. Bye. And you don't even <laughs> need to tell somebody to stay in your lane. You can... You don't have to, people are like so big on the, like, you know, the, the ghosting thing, just stop talking to somebody yeah, or whatever. It doesn't have to be that. It doesn't have to be that. Like you, you can, you can wind down from somebody and you can, you can, you can tell them honestly what's going on yeah. and not everybody's going to be a good fit for your life. And you don't have to burn bridges. And that's one thing that my dad taught me when I was little. Yeah. You don't be careful of bridges. the toes that you step on because they may be connected to the ass you have to kiss later on in life. It's sound advice. I mean, I see, I, I, I come from the opposite. I believe humanity as a whole is basically shit. I don't believe most people. I don't think that most people are worth really. They're, they're two dimensional characters that walk through life. And I let people prove me right or wrong. That's yeah. kind of how I've always, not always, since my yeah. mid 20s, yeah. that's how I've lived. And that means that it's easier for me to then, I do, I can cut people off. Right. And usually people are like, I can't believe you don't talk anymore. And I'm like, that's actually your fault. Yeah. I am that person where I I will be. I mean, I'm let's be honest, I like being a dick. I'm usually funny about it. I mean, I make people think they realize like a couple days later, like, oh, he was being really mean. And at the time they were laughing, and then they realized, oh, he was he was serious. Yeah. Yeah. But it kind of softens the blow a little bit and allows people to be like, oh, okay, cool, we'll talk soon. And then a couple days later, like, oh shit. Oh. I love that because it allows me to give them that time. Like, why did he do that? Why do I feel this way? Why am I thinking about it? And I've learned that 50% of people will be like, Hey, I want to talk about that. 
Yeah. And that's where that bridge stays in place. And you can actually develop something where it's like, look, right now, we're not made for each other. No. Right. That doesn't mean we won't be in a year or two. I can be patient. I can be. And I can and I love watching people grow and I love watching people prove me wrong where they're like, yeah, I used to be a piece of fucking dog shit. And now look at me. Look what I'm doing now. I'm being and people do change. I'm t- I'm Tons of friends that used to be in prison that will attest to that. They're great people. They're doing great things now. I know people that used to be addicts and just worthless and steal from their own mothers, and now they're doing every bit of charitable work ever. So I know and I believe but in why? That. Because they want to. Yeah. Exactly. I think for yeah. me, especially with everything she knows that I've been through this year, <laughs> I I don't... Yeah, man. It's been a time. <laughs> I, I'm not letting that person and that situation take away my kindness and take away my I don't want to say jaded or but I see people for what they are but I'm still going to help you like I might give you this five dollars you might use it on drugs or you might use it on food that's not my choice that I'm making but it's my choice that I'm helping you because at some point I might I might get down that low and I might need a hand up and I hate when people are on the ground and someone pulls their phone out pull your hand out before you pull your phone out because you never know when you're going to be in that situation and you're going to need somebody to help you out too. Promise no, me if I bust my ass though that you're going to take this <laughs> I will out. Pull, I will pull my phone out and then I'll pull Ask my hand out. Ask me to help me later. What I'm saying is it's, it's you're giving them your kindness unrequited or of what they're going to do with it. Yeah. And that's more about you than it does about them. Because yeah. that issue is their issue, not yours. Oh, you that I mean? Yeah, that's the other thing too. Learning to say... That's a you problem. That's a you problem. That's not a me problem. It's, it's not, not my department. It's not my store. I just work here. I just yeah. not my pig, not my farm. I'm not getting <laughs> in the shit. I'm not doing it. No. Yeah. See, and I, that's another thing is that I, I think that I learned that, I learned that basically in high school because I was so, my high school experience is so different because it was basically split down the middle from I was one of the popular kids and really accepted to I was shunned literally in the course of a summer. And so I have a completely different view of how high school is than most people. And I learned that, that I can say, you know what, that doesn't involve me and I'm going to do my own thing. And I'm going to, and it became even more prevalent after having kids because I was one of the first ones to have kids in my group. And all of a sudden, well, we're going to go get drunk. We're going to do this. And then they, oh, I got a DUI. I got this. I was at home changing diapers. I, what they need to be. like. Right. Yeah. Well, the other one, they're like the people who go back to the same abusive relationship when they've already accepted that it's abusive and it won't change. Now, people who are in abusive relationships that haven't come to that realization and can't accept it yet or are still trying to see if, because trust me, I get it. Trying to salvage a relationship because you want to be sure it's not you. You want to be sure that you've done everything you can and still be that's there. For so, you. Oh my God, that's literally what I went through. I, I went through it and I made sure I did everything on my end to know I can sleep at night. This isn't me. See, and I, I respect that on a level that, that mo- I don't, I don't, God, I don't want to sound anti-misogynistic here and be all weird about it, but because I am surprisingly metrosexual, like, I get that with women and respect it more with a woman who goes, I have done absolutely everything. There's literally a thousand things on a checklist. I've hit them all. This is your fucking problem. And I can't fix you. I respect that in a huge way. A lot of guys are like, well, that's stupid. I could never be that. They don't get it. 
They don't really see that side of it. And even some women don't, but more, most women can at least put themselves in their shoes. Men have a hard time doing that. And surprisingly, my gay male friends have a really hard time doing that. And most of them are in shit relationships and don't seem to want to accept it because they aren't willing to accept that there's either something broken or unfixable in the other person. I mean, relationships are <laughs> They are. No, and that's and 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 sometimes they're 70 30. Yeah, yeah, sometimes yeah. You have to a little further, and sometimes yeah. you have to let it go a little further. Exactly. You know? And it's it's you just have to at the end of the day do what heals your heart and puts you in a spot and, and in mind where you can say, Hey, you know, I, I loved you. I did everything I can I could do, but I need to love myself right now. I'm not I will always struggle with you, but I'm currently struggling because of you, and I can't do that anymore. No. Yeah. And that's, that's the one, like I have friends who will go back to relationship again, 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 and continue to complain about the same thing over and over again. And I hit a finally a point like, look, I'm here. You can complain. You can tell me everything, but I'm no longer going to give you advice. Right. I'm just here to, I'm here to be your sounding wall. I'm here. You know, I'm here. I'm here. If you need a place to stay, if you show up at my door, if you need someone to complain to, you just need to cry. I'm, I'm there, but we yeah. you hit a certain point. It's like, I'm no longer going to try to help you fix this because you haven't. It's it's like with addicts, they have to know for themselves. Yeah. yeah. Once once that clicks for the person going through it, that's when. Yeah, I mean, you can you can be yeah. like the shoulder to cry on for a while, yeah. but it has to really be within that person again to want to to get out of a situation or to be able to. Yeah. You know, because there are certain times. I mean, you know, some of the stuff that I've been through, like. <laughs> You're broke oh, in when your finances and your housing and your your stability, your car is attached yeah. to something. It's it's hard for you to walk away. And I think my big thing is I don't make mistakes twice because I make them real big the first time. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's enough of a mistake that I've made it once that I don't need to go back and burn my hand yeah. again. Like I've yeah. already put it on the stove top, realized it's hot, let my skin get a little nice and bubbly, and then pull it away. Like yeah. I don't. You know what I mean? It's, and you kind of have to learn your lessons in life. And you, I learned the hard way. <laughs> well, when, sometimes when you do learn the hard way, there's still sometimes where, I mean, depending on the type of people, I mean, Valen, you're a good example of this as somebody who you really didn't know was in your life right. you and still had something that happened. And, and, and in all that going too, I also realized the biggest thing that has been the most important for me is that I kind of went, ever since I was much younger, I kind of went from one relationship to the next and I never really had, I never really had time to, to be myself, to build things for myself as opposed to somebody else, to have time to actually like just decompress and really, really process things without somebody else attached. And I went from, you know, being married to like, he's a great guy, great guy. We yeah. weren't compatible and we were very young. And I think, you know, after going from that, I went from like losing my dad, like all these health issues, whatever. And it, I think everything that I did, I had with the best intention or thinking that, you know, this person was going to better my life or it was going to help. We were going to be this great team. I'm finally going to be happy. And yeah. And I, I thought genuinely I'd be happy. And there was a lot of dangle the carrot. And because I had never let myself heal, I went from one situation to the next that got progressively worse. Yeah. So finally, it got to the point where, you know, the, the last, the biggest, the most public situation was something that I wasn't even like really involved with this guy, but it took me so much to get away from 
that I ended up running to somebody else that I felt safe around. That was like a weird breakup. Like we were cool after that, but it got to a point where I was like, Fallon, stop, just stop. Like be who you are, put your foot down, learn to say no properly without, without fear of, of some ramification or somebody coming after you or somebody being abusive. Like I literally learned to just finally say, I'm not doing it. I'm not. And I know you were there for some yeah, you all that in Colorado. I yeah. literally like, I'm done. And from that point, I no longer tolerate bullshit on yeah. any level in my life. Like it's not, there's no need to be, to lie to people, to be manipulative. Like, listen, if you're somebody who's out just like looking to like hook up or whatever, just be honest from the gate. Just say like, that. Cool. Like, men really think that women don't want that. No, that just moves you. More yeah, women I, I know want that than men want that. Men just don't admit it. <laughs> men yeah, men say that they're going to hook up if they really crazy. want a girlfriend. Like, you make me look crazy because I'm expecting something that you had already said, but you're pulling a cord because it's not what you actually want. Just say what you wanted. Yeah. It's fine. It's not hard. And and standing up for yourself, like genuinely standing up for yourself, like especially if you've been through some tough things, like it's hard. It, is it hard. really is. But like once you get to that point, holy shit. I am so I hear like other people talk about this going on or that going on. And I like again, I'll try to be a good friend, but it's just like and I'm like, ah. yeah. I'm so peaceful. Like even through the craziest shit that's happened, I'm so, there's so much tranquility in my life. Like, it's just not, you can throw the craziest shit at me. Like even, you know, people coming on in the beginning of this to give us money, like there were some definite setbacks because people (laughs) felt like investing in this project meant that they had a chance to like sleep with me or something really bizarre. And we went through one that I actually just had to pay a goddamn I just had to pay a hundred dollar ticket for going around city hall in Philadelphia. I apparently went through a red light. So I'm like, man, not only was this guy a pain in the butt, gave us a hard time. We didn't get the money and he got sexually inappropriate with me. And I get this ticket. I'm like, you know, there, it was a little disheartening. And I think Sophie coming into the beginning too, like she was hit pretty hard by that. Cause it, it's like a stumbling block. And if you're not used to it, but I was like, Nope, we got this. It's cool. It's fine. And it's like, no matter what crazy obstacle has been thrown at us through this, like, I'm so like, all right, it's fine. Like, I always just, I now, I 100%, like, I don't have that breakdown. I still have my moments, don't get me wrong, but I'm like, right, it's yeah. cool. Well, Everything's cool. And, you, and, you, and you hit an element. Out. You hit an element there where you said, I'm finally going to be happy. And, and that's one of those things that when you realize that, your happiness lies with you, not through somebody else or attached to somebody else. That's where that moment, and it is literally that moment where everything goes click and you're like, shit, I can do anything because people will enter your life. Like people ask me all the time, how my relationships are so independent. Like why, why do I, how do you trust? How do you this? Hey, because I'm still doing my shit. And they're doing their shit. And when we're shit coincides, that's awesome. But when right. it doesn't, we're still individuals. And it makes crisis and, and situations that suck so much easier to deal with because there's that communication line. It works with friendship. Your best friends are the people you can sit and be on your phone or reading or whatever completely in silence for hours and be completely comfortable. Yeah. Those are your best friends. Those are the people that really matter. You don't have to entertain you don't have to sit there and, and keep them engaged. You don't have to be engaged. It's the simple presence of another person that brings you joy. 
because you're happy with what you're doing yourself. Yep. Yeah. And that and translates to work and everything else. I, 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 I firmly believe that. And I think it's so easy to get caught up in codependency too. It is. Oh God. So I like codependent. That's, that's the relationship that's the most passionate and so much love and no, you, you're both dumpster fires and you're rolling down the hill together and you're just like, <laughs> it's a blaze, right? So why does blaze the so much passion? No, it's, you, you gotta just, yeah. I call that racing for, for catastrophe. That's the, 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 the people that I know that are, that are the biggest is the people who spend all of their time just expressing their undying devotion and love for their partner on social media. The second I see that, don't get me wrong. Those appreciation posts are like, you know what? There's this thing that's just amazing. I love those. Those make me feel really good about people. And I have friends that do that with each other and it's great. And I have friends, particularly models who their significant others build them up and are like, hell yeah i love the guys hit on i'm the one holding the camera that's why i like you know i love that stuff and when you support each other but when it's just constant thank you for the great day thank you for the great lunch thank you it just constant over and over and over well, again it's just like it's too, because it's like you're posting it for social media you want this like instant um you know dopamine from all these reactions of these other people but how about just living in the moment and just being grateful for the person that you're with yeah. like you're busy posting it online, but are you saying it to them? People don't hang their dirty laundry online. So they're only going to put up what they want you to see. So if they're constantly posting those things, those are the ones that are in abusive relationships at home. They don't even actually like each other. They just want everyone yeah. to think that they do. And, and, and I immediately go to codependency. and post each other at all. And he's yeah. so supportive. He does all those things for me. But it's, it's we know that. Social media doesn't know that. You know what I mean? It's it's too much. Yeah, and, I and that's what, that's what gets me. I immediately like, oh, you don't post me, or are you like, what you don't like me? You don't like that's so weird. Like, why do you? I don't understand. And that's another part with this yeah. movie too about like putting yourself out there and what people do and how they turn it into whatever they want to turn it into. Um, but you know, it's like again, people are only going to take what they want to take from it, and in in the same right, like why why do you need why do you need all of that validation from other people because you spend so much time trying to people please to a group of people that what maybe you know five of them in real life yeah. that you neglect the people who actually need to hear it from you in person who need that that time that interaction that like quality of 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 a bonding experience if that makes sense you know like yeah, I feel like it's, it's not necessary. And when you put your things out there like that, it just makes it easier for people to wish ill on you and to to try and, and see what you're doing so that they can beat you down or do something stupid about it. And it's like, just keep it positive to yourself. It, and, and, and not saying you don't have to post things on social media, but what people don't know about, they can't mess up. As far as you know, I'm broke, I'm lonely, and I don't have anything. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I want every, like, listen. There's nothing here. There's nothing here to steal. Move along. Yeah. No. <laughs> you can't ruin what you don't know about. So that's completely true. I, that's why I don't talk about any of the projects I'm working on because invariably somebody fucks it up for me. I was just trying to help. Shut up. <laughs> Oh, we had in this too, there was a producer that uh, we had worked with on another project that it ended up being a really not great situation. And this person like 
uh, interjected into a lot of things and started a lot of fires. And that was the one project too oh that I kind of threw Sophie to the wolves on this too. Like there was a project that there was a position that I needed to fill. And I knew like she never had done like film, like as the department head basically solo. And I couldn't be there all of the time. I was still the department head, but I knew I needed somebody there that was going to kill I it. the ship down and sophie <laughs> sophie sailed that ship through every fire fucking iceberg like she was like the captain of that ship but this producer like god what a what a weird human and then there was like a falling out with the director and then they tried to rope us in which we had nothing to do with anything this same producer i have not like spoken to i have just like kind of kept at bay because i'm like all right i see what you're about you're an instigator went and sent off now mind you doesn't know anything about this film attached themselves to the film okay sent all of these people messages saying that i was casting doing all of this stuff i was looking for this i was looking for that and my inboxes were inundated with like some pretty name people too and they said i was referred by so and so and i'm looking at this like how are you referring anyone you don't even know what the film is about and i specifically did not put anything on the imdb that's kind of i mean some of this too is even a hard concept to explain so we were trying to think of like a good way um but i didn't with it happening so rapidly and seeing that we were gaining so much traction we didn't want the outsiders you know we didn't want the people coming to try to tamper things or to put negative energy and i'm like you gotta be shitting me like the little the slightest dangle that you've seen, the little sprinkles. And because I don't like this guy, and I know who you're talking about, I'm, I want you to name drop so hard because I just don't like the guy. I didn't even say it was a guy. But, but I know who you're talking about. I know the project you're talking about, and I want you to name drop because I don't like. But, but that's the kind of shit. You, because you're, you're, you're putting yourselves out there and trying to do stuff, that's just one of those, I get it. I, get, I do. I get it. And right? it's a negative ass person no. trying to interject their business into your shit. Like even, oh, so we'll do like a little live here or something, whatever, but we're not telling people like where we're at when we're there, where we're like, who no. we're with all the time, what we're doing. Like, first off, it's a security hazard. Second off, yeah. like, why, why do you need to share every fucking tidbit of your life? And that's a lot of people that are friends with you too. They'll, they'll hang out with you. And be like, oh, I'm here with Fallon. I never, I don't know. It's just every time we hung out, I would like not post about her, like because it's like I'm, I'm just hanging out with my friend. I'm, I don't have to be a weirdo. No, and it's be weird. Like, I don't know. It's just weird. I don't like. No, it. Well, and there's there's a level also of of. Well, we dealt with this when we tried to go to Denver dinner in in uh, we were going to go to dinner in Philly, and then it kept getting blown up. When the very first time that I met you in person and it kept getting blown up all three days because of the people at the convention. They, well, they kept that was the one tattoo convention, right? That I couldn't leave the booth. Wasn't that yeah. the first time that we did it? Yeah. There was there was like a two hour wait line for me to like sign autographs or something. It was crazy. Like with these blocks of people and I could not leave the booth like without security. Like I couldn't go to the bathroom. I couldn't do anything. And it was so wild. It was like such a shit show. It was yeah, bad. And it, well, and it turned into we just literally every time we're like, well, let's go grab. There's you know the place around the corner, but people were following her, and yeah. that we just like no, that's not like we're not trying to cause some. We don't want a bunch of people to join us. Well, we literally wanted to sit down and talk business and yeah. catch a meal since none of us were fucking eating that weekend. Apparently, <laughs> I think that's why so, I 
always been scared to like do this kind of stuff too because I am such a private person and I I don't want that too because I, I I couldn't be the person that like the paparazzi follows like I'm I'm swinging on you <laughs> I can't like I just if you get too close to me I like my my bubble like it, it took me a long time and I'm by no means on a celebrity lover and things like that, but just being as involved with as many people as I am in different industries, be it the, 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 the tattoo industry, the modeling industry, film industry, music industry, what have you, with the number of people who I am friends with and genuinely friends with through years of being in the trenches, right. I take my my personal life and my private life is very private to the point where, you know, I go by aliases. I do. I mean, people are always shocked to find out I have kids. I've only recently, because my kids are are old enough to be basically grown, talked about that, but I still don't really bring up their names. I don't have pictures of them out on my stuff. Like there's no pictures of me. I have people who to this day do not know what I look like that I've been talking to for some of them 15 years. And they don't know what I look like because I stay so private because of that right there, because I will never have something negative that happens in a public way or in my professional life. I don't want it to bleed over into my private life and negatively affect the people I love and care about. And that's, that is the hardest part of any entertainment industry is finding that balance. I mean, even just as a normal person walking out the world. I have people touch my hair and like I had a guy come up and pull my like arm up to see my tattoos like it's just people take liberties and it's like okay well we're gonna back up (laughs) we're gonna rewind like it's just it's a lot and it's like I don't mind I don't mind having a conversation with someone I don't mind telling someone something about that but I am very much it's also an energy transfer like I just keep your mitts to yourself. Like that's just how I feel. Yeah, I don't like being touched. I almost decked an old lady in a Safeway because she came <laughs> up behind me and grabbed my arm. I tried, I was mid swing and realized, oh, you know, I I felt bad and she kind of went to, I am so sorry. I just thought that was very pretty and I'm like, okay, why'd you touch me? <laughs> like yeah. why was it necessary? I'm right here. I'm not going anywhere. I can't go forward without my groceries. I'm fine. You know, but yeah, I get it entertainment is a hundred percent a toss up too. And like, same, like I've really tried to keep my, like, that's what the Fallon Vendetta thing, like that was kind of like a joke because I was yeah. doing burlesque stuff and it was separate from anything else I was doing. And then I don't remember what magazine it was. I know I have it upstairs. Vic Nauman shot the cover and I was in like this little sailor outfit, but they were supposed to just write Fallon because I was still trying to keep like my acting and some of like that modeling stuff separate. And it ended up, they they put vendetta on the cover and they actually spelled it wrong the first time so they reprinted it um but then it was cool it kind of did its own thing and then it worked for some stuff in the music industry and then I didn't want to use it when I got roped into that shitty project yeah but um but then that kind of stuck but I was like okay but I can still I still have Marissa which is actually my last name everyone thought it was an alias but I kept all my acting under that and then I was planning on just discarding Vendetta altogether. Like I didn't want anything to do with it, but Google tied me together. So it's like anything that I had that was kind of separate purposely, the internet doesn't allow that. Mm -hmm. So I'm really thankful for the fact that I haven't, even on my personal pages, really like posted my kids or I don't really say much because I had people when I went through that band situation that there were a couple people that I thought 
for my, my friends, I've done a serious purge because there was like personal information of mine leaked from people that I obviously thought I could trust or that I was like a strong acquaintance with. And I'm like, wow, these people literally took stuff off of my personal pages that I thought was just like friends and family and like put that out in public. So I'm not willing to risk any of that at this point. Like there's just no, there's no way. And that's why I don't, you know, a a couple of big jobs. Like there was even something that came up in the beginning of filming this where I could have dropped this and I could have done like, it was like all A-list. Like it was a big, it was a big job and I would have had to leave the country. And, um, you know, I was like, I was like, this is kind of wild. Um, but I, I didn't, I wasn't going to drop this project. Uh, and there's somebody at the window. I think, can you go open the door? I'm so sorry. Yo, I, I think my mom just got here and she's locked <laughs> out. So, um, so and it me out, but I know it's my mom. So, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to bail on the project, but in the same right, like a lot of people were like, well, why did you turn that down or why? Like, that's crazy. Like, that's a huge opportunity. And the thing is like, again, I'm not, I'm not ungrateful for opportunities I've had. Like I've got, I, I've been able to do tremendous, tremendous things and, and I'm proud of them and I feel fulfilled with them. But I also know what works for me as a lifestyle and how I want to live my life. And people are always surprised that I don't live in LA or I don't live here and I don't live there. Again, it's not that I'm ungrateful or I don't love what I do, but at this point in my life, I want to do it the way that I want to do it. And for me, like going and being under that constant watch and like, you know, being thrown to, to the, to the wolves with this, this channel or that, or this, like, it's too much. I want to enjoy what I do. I don't want to feel like it's a burden. I don't want to feel like, God forbid, I like eat a breadstick the wrong way. It's like not the right thing. And it like, for the most part, I, I learned with that situation too, that I like, there's a lot of things that I never really paid attention to tabloids or any of that shit anyway. Um, but when it, when it came to that and I did read a couple things, I'm like, this is so far off. Like people are going to paint you however they want to paint you. They're going to make you a villain in their story if they have to, if it fits their narrative. Um, but I also don't want to fuel the fire. Like, I don't want to give, I don't, I don't care to be analyzed. I don't care to be ripped apart. I don't care to have all of this invasive shit going on in my life. I, I love this. I love what we're doing now. I love making like, you know, a smaller movie that like, I'm enjoying, I'm making with my friends and then I can just live in the fucking woods. Like I could herd goats if I wanted to and nobody's gonna bother me. And that's like, that's refreshing. It's it's literally like the best of both worlds in every way, shape or form. Like it's it's ideal, 100%. It wasn't an intruder, right? Oh, Sophie got scared. She came in the back door. Oh, gotcha. Funny doing this because in one of the scenes in the movie, we're doing a podcast and somebody's actually like watching us and we are not aware of it. So it's funny to look over and actually see someone at the window <laughs> while we're doing it. It's on brand. Very on brand. Art, art replicates, replicates life, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that how that works? So there you go. I mean, this, this, this movie is literally us to the to the next. We both had stalkers, so that's been fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Love that. That's, that's, that's never fun. <laughs> well, on that... Um, you guys finally are on the social media train and starting to build those things. So let's plug that because everything's under sucks to suck. It sucks. And then the, the number two suck, correct? Yeah, sucks to suck film yes. uh, on Instagram, the number two. Uh, and then the Facebook is under sucks to suck. Okay. That's, 
I have not gotten to the website portion of this yet. It's we're we're getting there. We're getting there. We'll your time. Let's we make have a movie and then we'll make it. Think, you're you're kind of busy making the fucking stuff. thing, right? Yeah. A bit. <laughs> just coach. Just a little, a little scotch. Well, no, coach. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to do everything when you have no time to do it. So I get that. Nope. Is there anything? I mean, I know you've got convention coming up. Yeah, next that we're doing the 24th, 25th, and 26th, I believe. It's in okay. Atlantic City. We were going to do Monster Mania, which was this weekend, but it was it just didn't. It was too much. We have to too much. So, and and believe me, I understand. I I was I believe supposed to be in Atlanta this weekend, and I know there's other events that we're doing too, but I can't even tell you what they are at the moment. Without no, I, know. I have to I have to look at my notes. <laughs> I think I actually emailed you or or messaged you one of my calendars of just the conventions I'm doing because I'm like, I don't know what, where the hell I'm going to be all year. So believe me, I can relate. So, um, make it to set. All right. We do. So there's that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, you're getting, you're getting the things done as they're in level of importance, right? Yeah. Make a list every day of what needs to get done. Oh shit. We got to do this now. Oh, okay. Yep. All right. Here we as go. As my on, get it done. <laughs> as long as we have our eyelashes on, we're good. And then me and the these bangs too. Not Jesus. the bang. Oh the bangs. Okay. Bangs are the bane of my existence. So I decided <laughs> I since I'm so overly expressive, and I was like, I kind of want to feel cute and whatever. For some reason, bangs make me feel that way, right? So I got these bangs for this project, and they have been a fiasco. First off. I'm so weird about how expressive my forehead is. But when we did that whole scene where they injected me, they Botoxed me. So like I can still move, but now it's, it's pointless that I even had the bangs because my forehead doesn't move. So then we went through so many sets. I wanted to have this damn gray stripe. I wanted to kind of have like Bride of Frankenstein thing that failed. And then um, I lost a set of them. We tried to color another set. Today I couldn't find them, so I, I was like, "We'll just look pin up. It's it's totally cool. They like clip off. This is pretty funny." She colored a set with a big sharpie and ended up dyeing yeah. her forehead. So I learned something. If you ever need to know this, if you use the small sharpie on your hair, um, you're okay. If you use the large sharpie, no, it's gonna transfer. Check this out. This is my this is my whole existence with this. It's like a merkin, <laughs> but I'm. <laughs> That's your own bag up on camera. I'm I said, <laughs> this is, so this thing, I'm, today we had to like, it was doing a, a thing. So this movie is Bangs and Eyelashes. Smoke okay. Mirrors. Smoke mirrors, children. Smoke here's, mirrors. Here's my one other fun story <laughs> for the week. So I literally got like Rick rolled, but not like, oh my not God. the Rick you're thinking of, like Rick James, because I wanted to have a wig for this weekend, so I didn't have to worry about straightening my hair. I didn't have to do anything. This this hair's fake too. It's fine. Um, but but I didn't want to have to do my hair, so I ordered this wig. Right, perfect. It arrives at my destination, and it was like Jerry curl short. I don't know what the hell it was. It was not it what like I ordered. A church lady wig. <laughs> it was. It was like this. It looked like someone's grandma's curly. Day. 
And it had like <laughs> one of those bands on the front. And I was like, well, this isn't going to work, clearly. And there's no bangs. So I sent it back. And they were like, oh, no problem. Within 24 hours, you'll have your replacement, blah, blah, blah. They sent me the same fucking wig again. <laughs> I was like, this was funny the first time. The second time, now I'm a little pissed. The curse now, of the now I'm a little <laughs> mad. So I was like, do I just do a Rick James? Like, do I like super, fr- like, I don't know. I don't know. I think so, I think you need to put that wig on with the bangs and self-shoot. I thought about it, but I returned <laughs> my money back because <laughs> we don't have a huge production budget. Okay. So I'm trying to be aware of our budget. If I had a little bit more money to play with, I probably would have kept it because it was so you bad. just keep returning them and keeping them. And then we can make you like this crazy cousin it costume out of these like Jerry Curl wigs so bad i like that i like that a lot i yeah or a right, beer. you know maybe i'll start another indiegogo just for hair pieces yeah and I'll reorder the same one because i know that they're going to send the wrong product you should just order it random and then you get the right one it's true i should mm-hmm. where there's another one that's supposed to come on uh sunday now which was supposed to be here today Fingers but crossed. So, you know, today I have a little bit of weird bangs, but my forehead is not black. It was black, black. When I tell you it was black, like I had to rubbing alcohol in my face. But did we die? No. No. But yeah, as long as we have, we have to have press on nails for this because we have to go back and forth between scenes. Like there's a little bit of ping pong and we have certain nails in certain scenes. And I ended up in the hospital on New Year's Day from a nail salon. My pinky was like, like, it was like a freaking fiasco. It was all crazy. They had to like drain it. I had to be on antibiotics. It Not from the film. Messed up. It sucked. So we went. That's why we so make sure, it. especially now, like we have nails that we can just take on and yeah. off. There's no acrylic, no risk of bodily harm. We don't need her back in the ER. So we have we have our nails and we have eyelashes and everything else can go wrong. I can break a camera lens. We're fine. <laughs> In my head, behind you, just lit on fire, and you're like, "We're fine. It's fine. We're good." Wait till you see the scene today. Oh my god! Wait, the scene from today, like there is, it's. We probably should not have inhaled that, but it looked great. So, it was just a little cheese. Fine. It's fine. If you ever need to make it look like fire, a little sprinkle sharp, just some organic. Yes, organic organic sharp sharp cheddar cheddar. that burns (laughs) at high heat. Perfect. Um, you can also use a. Actually, I shouldn't say that because that's that'll get me in trouble. I about just listed a t- ton of different ways to make fire because I do so much with fire all the time. Well, that's why we went with the cheese. Don't yeah, know. yeah, I know, I know. Mild incendiary devices bordering on napalm. Oh, there are plenty. We could have done. We there are plenty of things that we could have done. We could have even put the the other fogger in there. There's like a, a darker, thicker fogger. We could have just used that and then we'll just add it in post. But no, nope. Just a little cheese opens the windows. You'd be all right. Open your window. <laughs> Turn up your heat. Open your windows. Well, this is a guy who hired a bunch of college punks to blow vape smoke in a video because our fogger broke. So I believe me, yeah, I get it. Funny you mention that. Jeez. <laughs> Her car breaks down, and I'm on the ground in the cold we forgot. with two babes, like, right <laughs> over. We forgot. Whoa. She was woozy. And then, Jesus, funny happened? enough, we have to reshoot that scene, but we make sure we have the proper smoke oh this God. time. 
Yeah, no. Oh. Died. We tried. We're gonna probably use it for an outtake, but this poor girl. I'm like, tried. I literally stood up and I was like, "Whoa!" Next okay. to this Mercedes <laughs> that I have, that is literally a friggin' it's a go kart slash clown car. It's so literally, tiny. It's a so she's Canada. trying to curl up next to this friggin' thing, and there's like a curb there, so she didn't have much room at all, and she's trying to blow the smoke up, so it looks like the car broke down. That oh is no, I keep going, and I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> just Nick fitted out like no other. Going, please, I need oxygen, ma'am. I percent, I'm gonna die. Like, let's just. Not. Did you get the shakes? <laughs> the next day, I was just not. I couldn't keep water. I felt like SpongeBob in Sandy's house. It was just. Not, I'm so shiny now. Look at that. Not a good time. Well, it was so bad. Maybe we should put the bangs back on. Jeez. <laughs> Oh, this is my new look. This is this is a. This is a I just printed screen on that one. I had to. <laughs> Which side do we like? At this owl, it's in my eyelash now. Oh God. <laughs> well, on that note, uh, God, this has been. I know you said on that note a couple minutes ago. I know this is just fun. Great. Like you did this. Awesome. The number of stories that you guys have is like I, this is indie film. This is what it is. Is 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 living like this. I dig it. So, um. I will try really hard to get this one cut and edited. We were actually speeding up the production. I'm trying to do an episode a week or every like 10 days to cut to finish out the season since everybody's finally like, I don't know about you guys, but like the first month of the year, everybody's lives just kind of exploded in their faces. So yeah, yeah, a ton of my interviews and ton of people that are like, I just can't do it. I'm, you know, one guy was stuck in another fucking country, uh, things like that. So it's just been really Sophie had some, Sophie had some things. Sophie left yeah. work and her car was gone. Like we've had some shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My friend after two and a half years came and stole my car while I was at work. <sighs> watch yeah. this podcast. I'll tell you all about it. <laughs> you you and the two other people that watch it. Let me know how it goes. In the basement that he lives with. This is a life update, yeah. guys. This is a, this is a life minute long update. Says Very, my really name. Quick. Starts to say my address. How to get Wild. a CSA against a psychopath? It, Lord, it was a lot. <laughs> she had to sit in a parking garage with her baby for three and a half hours while I got the CSA. Because I didn't mm. have a car, I would drive myself to get the CSA. Look at that, how life works out. You know, That's funny. So <laughs> we well. have a good now, but we really have met some very interesting people. I'm just gonna very interesting. It, interesting, yeah. That's got some subtext to it. Just yes. a little, just a little. That's why I'm just. <laughs> I'm fine. This is fine. It's just, everything is fine. Not my circus, not my clowns. Pitch that tent somewhere else. I'm not buying a ticket anymore. Nope. <laughs> oh, fair enough. No ring side seats for us. We're good. No, no. Okay. You well, can't even size me with trapeze at this point. Nope. Not happening. Keep the popcorn to yourself. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> what? What if there are elephants? Okay, what? Don't talk about it. You're both. As what? long as you're not the guy that has to walk around behind them with the trash can catching their poop. Okay, here's my thing. Ever. Are we like, because they were doing away with elephants because of mistreatment. So are we talking like holographic or are we talking like some cool zoo that actually pampers or some cool circus that pampers their elephants? Because I would be there. You know what? I was actually... I always wanted to be one of the girls that like had the plume on their head and rode on the pony. I'm not going to lie. I really was drawn to that as a youth. I loved that. I wanted to be the circus pony girl. 
I always wanted to be in the canon, but mostly because I thought that the, you actually like hurt someone on the other end. I didn't realize it was just like a net. Oh, yeah. No. There used to be this guy, my dad, as <laughs> engines, and we were at the racetrack. His name was Benny the Bomb, and he was like 85 years bomb. old. He used to stuff himself in between two like foam mattresses and <laughs> blow himself up in a car. And when you would talk to him, he'd be like, oh, it says you Oh yeah, like he would scream like he could not hear. He obliterated his eardrums. It was hilarious. I want to meet Benny the Bomb. Is he still alive? I don't know. We I'm need to find out. We invite him on like our show when we when we do on an attraction. We gotta track him down. He can be in the final. You could just go to Coney Island and find all the old hawkers and meet everybody. You're close enough. Like seriously, there's there that or or hit up Enigma and be like. I want all of your friends, everybody you've ever worked with, and you will have shit for years. Purposes. <laughs> Seriously. But you know what? Looking, looking into it, I think that's, it makes sense now. I just had an epiphany. So I loved Trapeze when I was a kid, and I loved, like, the showgirl. And the only time that I've ever stripped in my entire life, and I was so lame, because I didn't even get naked. I literally, like, flashed. The police had three poles on the stage and two trapeze bars and literally all I did was swing on the goddamn trapeze bar these poor people <laughs> what a horrible stripper but I get at it at least now. you tried I did try and I had a, a goddamn great time it's pretty empowering like it, I'm a, I, I I think every woman should should try out just once I think they'll learn a lot about themselves and they'll have a lot more respect for people who actually do that if they try that um I have so much respect for anyone who does polls Mm -hmm. Because I shot with Hugo, and we shot at this house, and there was there was a pole in one of the rooms. It was super random. It was like a house that was set up just for shooting. Yeah. And I was like, I'm I'm taking pictures on that damn pole. And I tell you, I felt like just a slug sliding off a rock. Like I'm trying to hold the thing, and I was just like, oh. <laughs> it's a lot harder than you think. It's I mean, so hard. I, I haven't done that. It's fun, years. but it was a lot. And the next day, my hands were like, I couldn't be a stripper dominatrix all day you want me to nail your foot to something you want me to lock you in a cage i got you put in my toilet but i have to like do physical labor and be nice to men no thank you <laughs> that's a no for me no, i'm good but girls that can really do some pole shit anybody that can do there's there was Jillian, some guy that i just Jillian. watched too she does aerial oh my god too. it's impressive like that core strength she used to do silks and she would go 20 feet up in the air, wrap herself around, do all these crazy Beautiful. tricks and not break herself. Like, I don't know how she did that. Yeah, I have, a, I have a lot of friends that do some pretty insane stuff. And it used to be the joke when I was DJing at the strip club that, that's in the town I live because I DJ then. They used to joke because I was the only person in the building that could do every position, including I can actually do some nuts shit on pole. All right, well, next we time I see, see you, we're, <laughs> we're, we're buying tickets to that. Yeah, it's it's insane. I don't know what I can do now since the whole like my body fell apart, but I'm gonna that's actually one of the things I'm like, I'm gonna try and do that again. Maybe it'll help you. Maybe you're yeah. more fucking Yeah, I don't know. We're gonna find out. Cause it was it used to be really fun to just walk up there in front of these girls, they're like, oh, I'm this, I'm that, and I walk up, flip upside down, and just click, go up the pole upside down. And they're like, What the fuck just happened? Yeah, it was great. Spider monkey. <laughs> yep, it's fun. Yeah, so cool. Well, I'm gonna wrap it. Thank you so much after, especially after filming and not feeling well, like, thank you so much for coming on. This has been awesome. Um, I will get you both copies of everything and, and we will get some stuff. Um, my last question is, are there any songs right now that you just, 
Give me two that you just can't stop listening to. Each of you pick one. I, well, it's not like a radio play song because we did a song for the soundtrack with this girl, Joy Lynn. And uh, I have it like on repeat because I absolutely like her vocals are ridiculous and it's really cool. And another soundtrack film that I have again, like, because we're like lining stuff up, it's the Vampires Everywhere Suffocate Me song. Yeah, they have some really good music. They're like, they're, it's, they're on repeat, not even because I have a choice because I mean, but, but mm-hmm. they're, I like them too. I'd say Soja Kill Bill. Yes. And it's a great song. The new song that Hosier came out with. I, I don't know the name of it. I know what we're talking about. Cool. Yeah. So well, and, and, and we'll have to talk soundtrack because I've got like 90 songs to send to you. I think Nine, like, 90, 92. Yeah. I, you said fine music. I kind of can do that. So, <laughs> yeah, I need well, to send them all to you. I've got a, most of them in a Dropbox now. So, I'll send you the link on that too. So, well, go, both of you try to get some rest. I know you're not going to, but a try or at least pretend to. And yeah. keep your heads up and don't kill anybody because I know that that urge is coming at some point. The snapper there, like, hey, that's a sharp object that could go through face. And that's going to happen. So, try to stay it's calm. Fun ourselves on no. fire today so that's jail is my retirement plan and i'm not ready to retire yet yeah <laughs> have you have you been to jail three hops in a cot listen and i don't have to pay for health insurance when i'm like 75 it's I'm a pretty solid tapped out i can do hair i'm creative i will do very well i'll have businesses it'll be fine he's like you know you won't. <laughs> i've been to jail and I, uh, I i got to read a lot and played a lot of poker other than that not really that much fun. I'm not ready to go right now, so we're good. Fair, fair, fair. <laughs> I'm ready to just be insane and play my harp naked. That's there it. That's my life goal. Maybe heard some goats. I just keep imagining you yelling at goats. Lyron, <laughs> get off of there! <laughs> and watching them just keel over, scared. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, you guys have a good night. We will talk soon. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Bye.